This episode of the Rad Broadcast is brought to you by Tech2U. Tech2U strives to deliver superior technical services from professional and friendly staff while maintaining their principles of credibility, accountability, and customer service as they grow. With locations all over Northern California, Southern California, and Las Vegas, Tech2U provides in-shop repair, mobile services for residential and business, and remote service provided online. Tech2U repairs everything ranging from printers, scanners, screen repair, motherboards, keyboards, touchpads. They'll even recycle electronics. Visit www tech2u.com that's tech the number two u.com or call 888-340-8324 that's 888-340-8324 for tech2u the rad i like it when you slap the the board there All right, prodheads, gather around. It's another episode of the Rad Podcast. I'm producer Brandon from the Rob Anybody and Don Show, and thank you for joining us for another fun-filled episode. Um, and before we get into the fun stuff, though, I wanted to acknowledge real quick that uh, Anthony Bourdain has uh, has passed on, unfortunately, by his own hands. And um, he was a big, it left a big impact on a lot of people. And I, I got to be honest, over the weekend, I felt very somber um, because of it. And it, it's just, it's, it's sad. It's a, it's a sad reflection on, um, on the type of people that you wouldn't necessarily expect to do, to go through suicide uh, with suicide and uh, seemingly the most strong most uh, put together type of people still have their demons to battle and still have uh, just just still have that depression that's nagging at them that will drive them to the point of, of suicide. Um, and, and I honestly, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it, but I do understand depression and how terrible it can leave you feeling um, to the point where you just have zero escape. Um, I know, for myself, I do have a lot of ups and downs. My downs, my low points can be super low and I will just beat myself up over it because I know I'm better. I know I'm better than feeling down on myself, but I also know that I should allow myself to feel low in order to experience the the highs. And sometimes it's harder to get out of those low points than others. It's almost like, you know, climbing up a wall without without any chance of seeing the other side. And, you know, it's just got to keep fighting. That's one of those terms, one of those sayings that you kind of beat to death when it comes to these, uh, oh, that was a poor choice of words, beat to death. <laughs> um, you know what I mean, though? Um, it, it's one of those things that you just can't take lightly, especially if there's somebody that is actually reaching out um, to, to ask you if there's something wrong, be honest. Don't, don't hide. There's nothing wrong. There's no shame in feeling low and feeling uh, depressed. It's something that we all go through, even the strongest of people like Anthony Bourdain, who by all accounts had everything going for him. He was on top of the world. He was on top of his career. He was a, a strong, uh, athlete when it came to mixed martial arts he was getting really into that and um you know he just decided it was time for him and it was it's it's terrible terrible and 
it just made me wanted to kind of just reiterate that you're not alone. If you need somebody to talk to, there's that's why we have the Rad Podcast group. Um, a lot of people are reaching out there on the, on Facebook. If you just search for Rad Podcast on Facebook, you'll find the group there, and you click the join if you haven't already. We'll accept you immediately as long as you're not going to be a dickhead on the group and harass other people because I, I like this space to be kind of open and, and kind of emulate what we've done here on the podcast and allow people to just be who they are and be open and allow people to treat each other with kindness and, and support because I think that's something that social media and quite honestly in all social settings it's something that we lack as a people and I'm I'm proud to say that so far we've, we've had nothing but love um being shared on the rad broadcast group and a lot of people have actually reached out to the rest of the group um just just somebody who has a bad day or they're you know they're not necessarily doing so well financially or you know some some terrible stories that have been shared on there that have been very personal even substance abuse issues that um the the rad broadcast group the prodheads they're all rallying together and giving advice and I, I quite honestly, I haven't seen such great support anywhere else on on social media. And I'm very proud that that's kind of what we continue to allow to grow um, in the Rod Rad Podcast group. So if you are feeling these things, and if you're feeling down or feeling low, there's a ton of people out there that that are there to help you, including myself. And you can you can reach me through the Rad Podcast group. You can reach us through email at rad at radradio dot com. Um, if you don't want to talk to me or any of the other radio people um, on the Rad Podcast group, you can uh, text the crisis text line for uh, suicide prevention. All you got to do is text connect. That's C O O C O N N E C T. Sorry, that's C O N N E C T to seven four one seven four one. It's pretty easy to remember, right? 741-741. Text the word connect to that, and somebody will reach out to you. Uh, one of their crisis counselors will reach out. And there's also a, uh, a suicide prevention uh, lifeline. You like that? It's not a hotline. It's a suicide prevention lifeline that you can call, that you can talk to somebody one-on-one. Um, and they're a wonderful, wonderful organization. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is one 800 273 Eight two five five. That's eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. If this isn't uh, something that you necessarily need, but you know somebody who might need it, go ahead and pass it along. And uh, I have my wife, uh, Mrs. Brandon, joining me uh, again today on the podcast because she. We've got some stuff that we're going to cover. There's a lot of uh, Doctor Prod letters that um, kind of address some things that we've covered in the past regarding social anxieties and some uh, open relationship stuff. Um, but I feel like uh, she she can contribute a lot more to this to kind of expand on what I've already discussed. Hi, everybody. I hope you're okay with me being here. <laughs> been here a little bit. So far, before. the reaction has been really great. And okay. um, I like having you around and you have a great voice. Well, I hope so. But you're also pretty smart. So oh, that helps. I'd like to add a little something under the suicide prevention hotline. Um, my first introduction to this was my first major anxiety attack that I can recall uh, where I actually called 911, not understanding what was going on. They picked up on it pretty quickly. So if you're in a position where you are at the point of, I want to pull the trigger or I want to tie the noose, go ahead and call 911, and they will connect you to the suicide prevention hotline as well. I if you that. are having an emotional crisis, call 911. 
They are there to help you, and they will, and they did. They helped me, absolutely. And it's just a shame that we've lost some some great souls, some great people in Anthony Bourdain, and and also recently Kate Spade, um, who both tragic, you know, phenomenal icons in in their respective careers, yeah. and it's just tragic. It's it's sad to see souls go that way um, when there is hope, but sometimes. There's these things can be unavoidable, um, but at least there are resources out there. There are people out there that are reaching out, including myself, including this show, including this broadcast. We're here. We want to see people live and thrive and be happy. And that's kind of what it's all about. And don't wait for us to answer questions or, you know, answer your need for help on our group. If, if you're in our group, in the group, help each other. There you go. Everybody needs to help each other. You know, if you don't, you need to exercise the empathy and the sympathy that you, you have, because if you don't, what, what good are you? We're all here together. We all need to get through it together. Let's help each other. Yeah. A little empathy goes a long way. Absolutely. All right. Now that we've got the somber stuff out of the way, let's have some fun. Um, I have some messages here from our rad broadcast group that are kind of recaps, follow-ups, um, to previous things that we've done. Um, but this is just a testament to the positivity that comes out of this rad broadcast group. You can, again, you just search rad broadcast at, uh, on Facebook in the search bar and you click the join and we'll, we'll, we'll accept you immediately. So, uh, hop on there and you can join in on the fun. This one comes from Matt. He says, I interviewed for a physical therapy assistant job in home health today and they hired me on the spot. It's scary and intimidating moving forward because this direction is outside my comfort zone. Life really does begin outside of your comfort zone. Ended up uh, celebrating by playing golf and cut eight strokes off my personal best. Oh, wow. Good for you. Huh? Eight strokes <laughs> off my personal best. And uh, he says, apparently all the mumbo and the jumbo that Brando preaches and having a positive outlook with day-to-day things actually works. Who'd have thunk? This group and the broadcast is free therapy. Yeah, see, there you go. Matt says it's free therapy. And it is. It's free therapy. It's great for people. And I think everyone who participates. Every uh, He goes on to say, ever since I joined and started listening to the Mumbo and the Jumbo cast, <laughs> the Mumbo and the Jumbo <laughs> cast, uh, things have projected in an upward direction in my life. Keep up the great work, and you make positive changes in a lot of people's lives. And for that, we thank you. And thank you, Matt. I, it, this is kind of a... A blessing to have this reminder because sometimes it's hard to realize that when you're uh, just going through the motions every day, it's easy to kind of get caught up and, and treat this as like a job. But I, I gotta, I gotta constantly keep reminding myself that it's bigger than that, and that not only what we do here is to to create entertainment, but it's also to kind of expand our, our awareness and our consciousness, and and kind of just be better people in general and kind of get, get through this human thing uh, unscathed as much as possible as, as we go along. Um, This is a a follow-up to one. This next letter is a follow-up to one of our previous Dr. Prod letters, which we have a couple of really good ones coming up. Uh, Wouldn't you agree? I would agree. Yeah. Pretty good stuff. Absolutely. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Um, Before we get to those though, uh, this is a follow-up to one of the bad kisser advice uh, letters that we got previously um, a woman who had been dating somebody for a bit wanted to know how to tell somebody that they're a bad kisser. Ultimately, um, Mrs. Brandon and myself kind of just said, you know what, take take the bull by the horns and, and tell the person how you like to be kissed. If not telling them, show them, like give them 
tips and tricks on how to be a better kisser if that is in fact somebody that you want to continue to keep kissing uh moving forward so this one is from lisa she says thank you for reading my question regarding the bad kisser kisser just some info we are both 40 and i've had some amazing kissing experiences this was a guy that i went on a couple of dates with and actually haven't seen him since i now know how i can approach a guy that isn't a great kisser thank you so apparently it didn't work out for the guy that was the bad kisser. Honestly, I'm relieved for you. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been a, the first red flag, especially if you guys are both in your 40s. Yeah. Sometimes Ooh. sometimes you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Sometimes, sometimes. They, don't, they don't. Yeah. Sometimes they don't they want don't to want it. Exactly. Yeah. So good for you, Lisa. Dodge at least, the bullet. <laughs> yeah. At least you're better equipped for the uh, future bad kissers in your life, which hopefully there aren't much. Um, let's see. Oh, this is going to be a good one. This one is uh, from Kristen. She was uh, she was a prodhead that actually had issues with these dreams that she was having about her ex-boyfriend. They had been separated for a bit, but she was still mm-hmm. dreaming of this guy, and it made her feel really icky when she woke up. And I think your advice was to maybe start a dream journal. Dream journal and write it out. Yeah, write, write a letter to somebody if you need to. Kind of let, kind of uh, to create your own closure. Yeah. for that person, kind yeah. of be like a, I release you back to where yep. wherever you are in the ether and just leave me alone <laughs> type of thing, right? Yep. Uh, Kristen says, I just finished episode thirty where you read my question about my ex boyfriend's dreams. Thank you, Mrs. Brandon, for suggesting a writing a letter and journaling. I've been doing awesome lately, but every so often I'll still have a bad dream. I wrote a, re- I wrote a letter to release all my pent up feelings and felt immediately better. You guys rule and this community is life saving. Isn't that the strangest thing? Yeah, see, it, it's, it's working. All that, that energy has to go somewhere if you it don't does. expel it, even if it's in writing, it's just going to sit there. And sometimes it's that easy. I'm so happy to hear that that is working for you because it worked for me. Good. And this next follow-up comes from uh, James. He's just basically talking about having uh, my wife on as a guest in general. And he does like to write quite often and talk about how uh, how how much he likes you. So oh, you have a I very, have a you have a very big horny <laughs> fan here. Uh, James says, good morning, rad. Damn, Brandon, you are one lucky man. Haley has the best radio voice ever. And she is a dirty talker with a sexy voice. This is by far my favorite broadcast yet. Hey, wait a second. She sounds just like, Oh, oh I can't say that. <laughs> this is by far my favorite broadcast yet. Gotta go. I have the need to go crust up a sock. Yeah, me too, James. I do that on the daily when when Mrs. Brandon isn't around. Think about her voice. When am I not around? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, okay, so let's get to these Dr. Prod letters that we keep teasing about. Let's do it. Um, let's see. Oh, no, 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 no. Before we get to that, here's one more kind of like a... Here's one more to kind of boost my my self-esteem. Cause you, <laughs> you know, I, I need this a lot. Get it where you can... Uh, take it where you can get it. That's right. Giggity. That's what she said. Uh, Cole says, I just wanted to say it has been awesome knowing a person like me on the radio. I guess he's referring to me because this is addressed to the broadcast. Uh, he says, I grew up in a small town outside of Placerville known as Somerset. I know the area. I also had a band. I, I was also a band geek and played alto saxophone from fifth grade all the way to 12th grade and did marching band all the way through high school. I started listening to the show on the way to middle school. It was a 20-minute ride to school, Mountain Creek Middle School. Hell, I might have listened to you on my way to elementary school. I don't know, man. I don't, how long ago did you go to school? I don't know. Maybe you did. 
Who knows? Uh, he goes on to say, I am no, I am now a second year at Sac State and listen to you every day when I work and not at school. I love the new direction of the show since I have been listening and have lived, lived. I think he meant loved. I've loved to hear you on the air. I now listen to your podcast. In fact, I've listened to all of them three times. Wow. Wow. Every single one, three times in a row. Man. Uh, You have a, you have opened up my mind tremendously since I have started listening to you and trusting relationship advice from you is on point. Thank you for all you do for us listeners. Well, thank you, Cole. I do it for you. So I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to write that. And, uh, oh man, you're going to be a, your second year in, in, in Sac State. Mm -hmm. Got some ways to go, man. Keeping those books. All right. Uh, let's get to these Dr. Prod letters, right? This is from name worth held. It says, Brandon, I want to thank you for being so open and honest publicly with your personal life. You have definitely helped others become more comfortable in their own skin. My husband included. You and your wife's relationship is very similar to ours. We are extremely close and enjoy exploring our sexuality. After having our first threesome with another woman years ago, we began discussing our fantasies. I got a feeling that he is interested in men, but he always denied it claiming having another man in the mix was mainly for me. Not too long after you started discussing your sex life publicly, he finally became comfortable with his own sexuality and admitted that he feels that he is bisexual. We both are interested in exploring with other couples, but don't know where to start. Your last podcast, you said that swinger groups didn't have many bisexual men, so where do we go? How did your wife begin and find other couples at the start of your open relationship? Thank you in advance. And they sent a picture along, and they're a good-looking couple. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. The guy kind of looks like a friend of ours. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I actually thought that was, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. He looks like a guy that we, uh, we are very close with. Mm-hmm. Um, not in that way. No, 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 no. No, he's no, a very no. close friend of ours. In fact, he's the one that made uh, the bust of my Batman mm-hmm. that we showed off on the last live Facebook Q and a. Yeah. Um, yeah. So very good friend of ours. Yeah. Very good friend. And he's you know, good looking dude. Good looking gal. Um, thank you well, for writing. He's a friend of mine that I've allowed you to be a friend of yours. That's true. I'm very grateful, but I think <laughs> that, you know, if he had the choice, he'd probably run off with me before he ran off with you. Well, lately, maybe <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So enough about that guy. Um, so her question was, we're both interested in exploring with other couples, but don't know where to start. How to start. So we did mention on our last podcast that we did go to some, uh, select swinger clubs and, and kind of get-togethers that are more uh, formal swinger community type of events where they're like open play spaces. You kind of go there, there's there's live music and dancing, and there's maybe some some drinks to be had, but there's like play spaces, like rooms with beds and, mm-hmm. and, and places where you can kind of just gather and either... Organized orgies. Basically. Mm-hmm. And um, that's kind of like where we started, um, but we also used an online community through a website called swinglifestyle.com, which through all of these avenues, we learned quickly that the bisexual man is kind of like the black sheep in the community. Kind of absolutely is the black sheep yeah. of the community. Um, I, we used to use, uh, well, I don't know if I should say it, uh, Craigslist. Yeah, we've used Craigslist. We've used some personal ad websites that, you know, can be a little iffy, can be a little sketchy. Yeah. You just got to be really careful about the type of people you meet. But now, unfortunately, um, for people like us, Craigslist took down the, the personal ads mm-hmm. 
um, because there was too much illegal activity, which there was a lot of that kind of going on. Yeah, but you could sift through that. Yeah. At least we did. And we actually had some very positive experiences come I, out of the Craigslist ads. I believe the Craigslist thing was um, they, it was to protect those. Uh, in human trafficking, they wanted to avoid that situation. And so it was a preemptive move on their part. Which was smart. Which was great. And, and, I, and, and they I do hope that. to bring it back. But in the meantime, uh, believe it or not, I believe Grinder and Tinder are ways to do this as well. There are ways to set up profiles to say, you know, I am in a relationship and I'm looking for something else. Or we're looking for somebody to join. And Brandon, like he said, there are platforms do use your smarts though please use your 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 instincts because we have met what seem to be really nice people and they turn out to be total creeps mm-hmm. so and just, it happens you have to you have to have your own vetting process in place and yeah. i think i think starting out with uh you know kind of really grinding the the person or or you know <laughs> not grinding on the well, person that sounds fun that's that's for later on <laughs> but at the beginning when you when you first connect with somebody whether it's through a dating app or one of these um social websites like swinglifestyle.com or adultfriendfinder.com mm-hmm. is another one but those are all like paid sites yeah and most th- of them are and that's actually a good thing if you're yeah. if you're that invested in meeting somebody new to bring into your your circle, yep. it's better to go to those sites because at least they are so, they are serious enough to go through the process of paying for the services, putting together these profiles, laying out what they're interested in, all out there. Now you're going to get your creeps every once in a while. There's going to be those creeps that will just get on the site that are lonely that want to be creepy, but that's where the vetting process comes in, and you need to make sure that you connect with this person before you even meet them in person. A few tips if you're not sure. Just a tip? Yeah. Well. Just to start, right? Just to start. There you go. Yeah. Just to be safe. A uh, few things that you want to look into when you're when you're looking at profiles, too, if you, if you get into that step. First of all, just know you're going to have bad experiences. Second of all, don't blame each other for it. Mm, okay? Good make, advice. Sh- make sure you talk to each other. No means no. We all know that rule. Such that your ground really, rules. That really, really applies here. And... Allow to adjust your ground rules. We've found situations where we've gotten comfortable and we've said, you know, I feel okay doing this with this person where otherwise I wouldn't. When you look at profiles and they look like um, they've been professionally shot, be aware. Mm -hmm. If you look at a profile and there is no picture, be even more aware. You know, just if it doesn't feel right, it probably isn't. And be patient. Be patient. We talk about these experiences. We've got five years under our belt just together. And it's it's not an overnight thing. Talk to the person. Oh, man. When they start doing the, oh, I'm just going to send a dick pic, just, just stop. I mean, whatever you're looking for is up to you. But in order to have a successful encounter with somebody as three people, make sure there's a connection on an intellectual level and it's not purely physical because otherwise it can get hairy and scary. And unless that's what dangerous. you're looking for, there's always that, but just make sure that the, the you want to eliminate any kind of danger to your spouse or, or yourself or yourself or your home. If you take it that far. Yeah. Um, that's why I've always, I've always thought that meeting somebody for the first time after you've figured out that there is that connection there at the beginning, meeting them in a public place, coffee shop, a bar, maybe not, 
Yeah, dinner. Maybe not a bar because then it's easy to get the you know the drinks involved. Yeah, and you could get drugged. That too. So it, just like I mean, this, the same kind of rules apply when it comes to online dating. Just if you're single, but at least in this case, you have your partner, your significant other, who's you know in all. In all uh, if this is the case, you're both into it and you're both on each other's team, then at least you got some backup there. And never, ever, ever push each other. If one person likes somebody more than the other, your default is the other person's bar. You, you don't you don't push somebody into doing something or meeting somebody that they're not really sure about, mm-hmm. ever. Don't ever do that. And it sounds like this couple, they've already had experiences, mm-hmm. and they, they are very open with their sexuality and exploring more. Exactly. Um, so they seem like they're already, mm-hmm. they've already got that, that good... Uh, foundation with each other um but they ask us where do we go i mean other than these online dating profiles it's probably best just to go out and meet people naturally try to try to surround yourself with like-minded people at certain events i mean you could be at a concert you could be at a bar you could be at a sporting event Mm -hmm. and you could just bump into somebody and if you know you guys get to flirting and you get to talking sometimes those natural uh occurring meetups Mm -hmm. Are, are better than the ones that are forced and um, fabricated through websites yeah. and, and that kind of thing. Absolutely. So, you know, it's it's one of those things you don't necessarily want to push. And it's one of those things that my wife and I have been kind of not necessarily struggling with, but we've become, to, we've gotten to this point where we're so picky, <laughs> not just picky, but we, we're, we're so busy. And it's like, it's hard to find the time to to connect with each other, mm-hmm. let alone put ourselves aside or necessarily put ourselves in a position where we have to put ourselves out there for other people. And sometimes making that connection is hard when you don't necessarily have that time for yourself to even focus on that. Yeah. So you got to be in the right headspace. There's a lot of things to consider, um, but I think you guys are in the right direction. Um, and how did your wife begin and find other couples at the start of your open relationship? We did this kind of together. Yeah, this was very much a together thing. But you actually had some friends already kind of in the swinger community. So it was kind of easy for us to dip our toes and get familiar with that with that type of lifestyle. Uh, I have friends, yes, uh, that I have known for a very long time that we're all swingers. And I had never really participated with them. But it, it didn't matter to them. There's a term. I'm sure most of you who have been out there swinging know it. It's the vanilla. I was considered vanilla. Mm-hmm. Um, now you're more of a vanilla swirl. I am. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yes, that's that's a good way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I introduced Brandon into the kind of the swinger community as far as that goes um, amongst my friends. Mm-hmm. And, and we... We didn't really participate with anybody but ourselves, and we learned and we watched, and um, I guess you could just say we got lucky, but I also want to circle back to the whole positive energy thing. When you put it out there, you'll be found and you will find each other. You have to just kind of keep putting it out there. Yeah, it is interesting when... when Haley and I will be talking about, you know, things that we want to experience or things that we crave, I guess you could say. Um, it's like the, the more we talk about it, the more the more open we are to the possibilities. It's like we almost get inundated with with people that are like wanting to do that. And it's it's sometimes we'll have to push back because we'll be getting too many solicitations. Yeah. 
which is kind of a good problem to have. But at the same time, we're just not going to go out there and start fucking everybody that, that wants to. Uh, we're, we're very sparing with our fucks um, because we are very good at it and we, we want it to count every single time. And people get attached. They Let's do. Let's put it that way. That's true. Um, which we don't ever want to hurt anybody. But it's possible. But it does happen. And it happens on all all ends. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, the back end, you're messing with the front end. You're you're messing with emotions and chemicals in the human body that we still are trying to understand. Mm-hmm. So, so it's 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 easy to to let those things kind of get mixed up. But if you're looking for just purely carnal and, and sexual experiences, then uh, you know, just make sure you have your guard up. You have ground rules. You make sure you vet the people appropriately and put yourself out there and. Making making the missus a little hot and bothered over here talking little, about this. I'm getting a little rosy in the cheeks here. Well, maybe uh-huh. maybe we should hold on to this email. And maybe we can talk with this couple about you know how to go about it, progressing, moving forward, and you know maybe see where things go. I maybe. don't know. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, I'll save this. Okay. How about that? Yeah, save it. I'll save. Save this. it. All right. Well, I think we helped them. I think we helped ourselves. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm gonna have to have you help me after this. <laughs> Woo. Pitching a tent over here. <laughs> Want to go camping? Let's go. <laughs> All right. So um, during our last podcast, when I had the missus on, uh, she admitted to having social anxiety, and that spurned a, a few reactions from people that uh, kind of go through the same thing. And you know, depression is one of those things we do. We have covered quite a bit on the podcast, um, trying to kind of destigmatize it all, trying mm-hmm. to trying to allow it to be more of an open discussion. Um, and there, there's, there's a point where you can dwell on it too much. And there's another point where you can just kind of look at it as a, as a growing, as a tool to grow and become a better person. And I feel like you, Mrs. Brandon, have, uh, actually been equipped with some really great tools to deal with these social anxieties and depressions throughout the years. Now it might not have been easy in the beginning, but all of these things, like most things, come with life experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe you can help out this person, who I'm going to leave anonymous, um, because it is a sensitive issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is directing these questions to you. Okay. So this is... go. Uh, I'm all ears. Here we go. If I can spit it out. <laughs> uh, hi, Brandon. I'm listening to the most recent podcast with you and Mrs. Brandon. And she mentioned that in her younger years, she was homeschooled because she didn't do well in social settings and had a social anxiety. Pause in the letter. That's true, right? It is true. It wasn't just that. There were other factors, but that had a huge role in it. Okay. And, and that was for as long as I can remember. And what were, were any of the other factors related to your social anxieties or depression uh, that you want to share? Or is this... Is that something that's more sensitive that you want to kind of keep to yourself? No, uh, I don't really have an explanation so much as to why. I think that the social anxieties, I don't know, it's a chicken and an egg question because it's either the depression happened from day one or something set in that the depression got worse. I, I don't know which one came first was the social anxiety or the depression, to be perfectly fair. For as long as I can remember, since I was a little toddler, I've had um, social issues. Uh, and that, that may seem odd if you meet me. Um, I can be very uh, outgoing and maybe a little precocious and, and, you know, very open and honest and we'll talk to you. But 
sometimes and most of the time inside, I'm crazy nervous. I feel out of place. I don't like I went to the store the other day and I just didn't feel like I belonged in that area. And I felt like I was getting run over and I had to just leave. And so it, it, I don't know. I, I don't know which one came first. Yeah. But ultimately going into homeschooling is what helped you kind of get, get, get over these, these social anxieties, right? Yeah. It, well, it helped me get through to the next stage of life. Good. Okay. Uh, the letter writer goes on to say, I'm only 22. I used to be so social and loved going out, but for whatever reason, in the last year or so, I have the worst social anxiety and I, and I don't know how to deal with it. I get so nervous in a crowd of people. I hate being around people. I don't know. And I dislike most females that I meet. Oh, mm-hmm. Did you write this letter? I, I'm starting to wonder <laughs> if I did, if I have like, an altar that uh, this is like a same, got away from me. This is very relatable to you, right? Very. I don't like females. Yeah. Uh, I don't trust them. <laughs> I feel like I have a little circle of my girlfriends, she goes on to say, and they are all I need. So why make small talk with people I meet? How did Mrs. This Brand- is me. Yeah. How did Mrs. Brandon cope with it? And what did she do to help it? Uh. <laughs> I feel like I should enjoy going out of being, uh, but I would rather sit on my couch watching TV and relaxing or getting something accomplished around the house instead of being in that social setting with people I don't know. My fiance is very much a social butterfly, talkative, can get a conversation going with anyone, and I feel like I could hold I would hold him back at times because of my social anxiety. And I do feel bad about it, but most of the time he won't understands and and tries to make me feel better. This is something I feel that I need to fix, but I'm not sure how to do it. Love you guys. I don't think it's something you need to fix. It's just who you are, right? I think well, I think where the anxiety is starting to come from is you mentioned small talk. Mm. Oh my God. Do I hate small talk? That I is don't the worst. care. I don't care. <laughs> don't show me pictures of your kids. If you, Well, you don't like kids. No, I don't like kids either. But if you did, don't show me pictures of your kids. Please don't. I, and I think that I, I think part of my anxiety, um, like what you're referencing about, uh, you know, meeting new friends and that kind of stuff. Do you, do you need them? If you're getting everything you need from the friends that you have, then, you know, don't torture yourself. Don't force it. Don't force it. It's not worth it. It's going to happen naturally, Um, especially at your age. 22 is sort of in that, like, you're not really friends with your high school friends anymore. You might be in college. You might just be working. Like, you're kind of in this weird area where in your 20s, you a lot changes. You uh, Your 20s are your selfish years is what I've. I've always um, been told and you, you need to kind of do your, your introspective journey there and find yourself. And um, I don't see anything wrong with staying home and doing something productive around the house. And now with that being said, I usually carry along with me some pens and a paper because one of my favorite ways to expel that anxiety is through art. Uh, I like to draw and doodle and, um, unfortunately I have OCD, so it always has to be like really perfect. And like, I like the geometry pictures. I don't know if you, if you've, if anybody's ever seen the, the painting up behind Brandon's head in the studio, that's something I did, uh, to kind of pass the time during an anxiety episode of mine. Um, it gives me something more to focus on. Now I'm going to circle back to the female thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's because women are naturally un- 
I'm naturally untrusting of women because I've been scorned by so many women, um, mainly for their own personal gain. They paint me as the bad guy. And that's what happens when you're the nice guy is you become a really easy target. So I found some really, really uh, wonderful relationships with some females. um, And there's very few of them. But I think and that I, the the key to that though is finding like minded individuals yeah. that that share the same sentiment of social mm-hmm. settings as you, right? Yeah, and and I think that that's just just like Brandon said, don't force it. And when it comes to talking with people that you don't know, um, how do I put this? I have this, uh, I'll call it an ability. I think of it as a curse where. I don't know how to do small talk without it getting really awkward. And I end up bringing up something super deep, a chink in their armor, something that, that maybe didn't want exposed and I didn't mean to expose. Mm. And so I find myself being much quieter. And uh, if you ever meet Brandon and I out in public, typically he's the one, you know, oh, it's Brandon. Of course they're going to go for Brandon. Uh, and I'll just kind of sit back and say, hey, and thank you and smile. Just but, smile and sit there. <laughs> so it's another relatable in- instance, and especially when it comes yeah. to this letter, because she says that her fiance is very much a social butterfly, exactly. talkative and get a conversation going with anyone. Let him. Let him. Yeah. Maybe, ma- you, you know, use him as your armor yeah. and allow him to take the lead. And if you find yourself wanting to get involved in the conversation, jump in. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, also, let him start it. Yeah. Let him start it. And if it, if it becomes a deeper conversation and you just wait for something that you feel like you can relate to somebody with. And if you don't have something you can relate to them with, that's OK. And hopefully your fiance is supportive in that sense, because mm-hmm. if he like throws you under the bus and says, oh, she's just awkward and she can't handle social situations. Don't worry about her. That's not good. That's a big red flag. That, obviously, that's yeah. a big red flag. But that's also that's also counterproductive to how you are oh, in social settings. Trigger anxiety. Absolutely. Oh my so, lord! How embarrassing that ho- would be. Ho- hopefully, he's not doing that. And by the sounds of it, he's not. No. But you were afraid of holding him back at times because of that. I I, I wouldn't. I, I would at least have that conversation with him and tell him exactly how you feel. Maybe sh- t- share with him what you've said in this email about how you deal with things in social settings and maybe he will help you at least come out of your shell or he will protect you in these social settings so that you're not necessarily holding him back, but you're like, you're there with him in, in, in in your, in presence and not necessarily in conversation. Right. And just, just listen, just listen. There's nothing wrong with that. Actually, there's a book. I don't remember what the author's name is. I loved it. It's actually called just listen. And it is a, it's, it teaches you how to, just listen to what everybody is saying. And if your your boyfriend, did she say boyfriend? Fiance. Fiance. I'm sorry. Fiance. You know, tell him right off the bat, you know, I, I enjoy that you're more outgoing than me. You know, maybe you admire it a little bit, I, which is kind of, I kind of get that sense from your email that maybe you're a little bit um, envious of the fact that he's a little bit more outgoing. Um and so what we have here is an extrovert and an introvert, and you recharge your battery by doing things that are productive mm-hmm. and maybe a little more artistic. And um, you don't necessarily need to recharge your battery by talking to other people, which it sounds like fiance might be that kind of person, which is totally fine. Mm-hmm. You know, opposites attract. But tell him, don't, you know, I, I would like it if you didn't expect me to be a part of the conversation actively as you are, but allow me in when I do feel comfortable. 
I think that you need to use the I feel message most importantly Hmm. because you are feeling these things. And if you say I'm feeling very anxious right now, would you I'm just going to excuse myself. Uh, Brandon and I went to um, a party at a friend's house actually happened to be the swinger friends, but they weren't it wasn't a swinger party. And uh, I started having an awful anxiety attack and I just did not know what to do about it. So I walked out to the front door to a little patio sitting area and I happened across a little whiteboard and a little, um, you know, dry erase. Mm -hmm. And and I just started doodling and it made me feel so much better to just kind of be able to sink into a little bubble. Now, my friends were aware of this. They knew that I had some kind of social anxieties and they were respectful of it. And what happened was the funniest thing. The friends I was closest with who were the most empathetic, the most sympathetic, the most understanding that knew me better came out and joined me. And we had a deep conversation Mm -hmm. and we talked about things that weren't, uh, you know, big social problems we can't fix, but just, just, it felt so much better to let them come to me. And that might be what you need. You need mm. to let them kind of come to you and say, hey, you know, how you doing? I found that to be pretty helpful, especially because I've suffered from these types of cases. If I'm out at a, at a party or out at a bar or something and I just don't feel like I'm really fitting into the, mm-hmm. to any conversation, just separate yourself from it and not necessarily isolate yourself. No, yeah. Make yourself available, sure. but separate yourself from that situation so you're not necessarily feeling the anxiety and just kind of let things happen around you. And then if 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 somebody tries to get in on your on your bubble and you're feeling it, then allow it to happen. Always. Yeah. Uh, always walk around with a smile on your face. Try that. Yeah. And and you may be coming to a point where you used to be a participant and now you're an observer. Mm-hmm. So I used to kind of be that way. I wanted to be class president when I was in sixth grade. And now the idea of that, I don't know who I was in sixth grade because that would just, oh, my Lord, I wouldn't even attempt it. Yeah, can you shake, shake you right now? I, I think I see some just, sweat beating it, down. Yeah, like I just kind of close up like, no way. <laughs> so, you know, you might just be taking a little bit of a transformation um, to a deeper self where you don't really need anybody else but yourself to fulfill your social needs and you just it just sounds like you're more of an observer which i am as well we go to concerts with very few exceptions do i sing along or scream or clap or or you know get crazy i don't do mosh bits i just want to i want to see everything i want to observe everything i want to take everything in giggity (laughs) and there's nothing wrong with loving yourself at least once a day by the way yeah try that maybe that'll relieve some tension if you know what i mean Uh, But in all seriousness, I hope that we've given you some tools that maybe you can use. And also, you know, your fiance is going to be one of your biggest supporters. Mm -hmm. If if he is, you know, if he loves you and and he understands where you're coming from, I hope he does. If not, do the I feel method. You did that a lot in the the letter. You said you expressed how you feel a lot. Express that to him uh, just to make it known. And maybe that will help you. Gain the confidence that you need to be uh, better in social s- settings. Otherwise, enjoy just observing and being mm-hmm. being on your own terms. All right, the next letter is a kind of a long one, so you got to uh, you got to bear with me. Um, and I'll, I'll stop here and there to kind of cover up some things as we go. Um, so I'm just gonna get right into it. This is from a no name. Hello, I am hoping to get some advice on the podcast about something that I am pretty sure I already know the answer to, 
but I'm struggling deeply and would just like to hear other opinions. Please don't use my name on the air or on the broadcast. I already said all that. A little background, I suppose, will help. Sorry if this turns too long. Starting at a very young age, I was molested by multiple men. The primary offender was my stepdad. My mom and him were avid drug users, so I was quite a few people's quote-unquote plaything. By the time I was 12, my stepdad started having sex with me. Somewhere around 14, I think, it finally stopped. And it never happened again, at least by him. Out of sight, out of mind, my burden to bear. But from that point, I basically turned into a whore. I slept with anyone that wanted to, either because I knew they were going to do it anyways, or I was craving the attention. That was until I got into my first actual relationship around 16, and from that point on, I was dedicated to being a loyal companion. Just happy to have someone actually love me. All of that, and for some fucked up reason, I am still a very sexual person. I don't know if it's because I'm a Scorpio, or I'm just that fucked in the head. I have not been single since I was 15, except for a very short time after my first son was born. I've always been the one cheated on and left, but never been the cheater. I am naturally flirtatious and often find I have to put myself in check so I don't become a cheater. I've always been very loyal and never want to hurt someone in that way. I've been in a long-distance relationship for almost five years now. He's very good to me, takes care of me, and we have built as much of a life together as we can, living so far apart. We both have children that are vested in this relationship, as well as many combined financial obligations together. Other than the distance, this is basically like a marriage. Quick pause. Um, I'm terribly sorry about what happened to you in your past. It sounds like you, you, you're a very strong-willed person, and you, you're very self-aware. Um, and you're in this long-distance relationship for almost five years now, and you're basically treating it like a marriage. And you also have combined financial obligations together. This is, this is a little interesting. I, I wonder how the, the financial obligations over a long-distance relationship tie together. Maybe they share cell phone Car plans. Payments cell phones maybe credit cards maybe they're just helping each other possibly maybe okay you know maybe he pays part of her rent maybe she pays part of his we okay. don't know all right Let, let's continue maybe that gets it's, covered i don't think that's important okay. as much as i understand how it can be in a relationship when you if like if you need to end it or something oh mm. we have financial obligations like is it going to hurt you or is it going to hurt him i can see where that would be a, a sticky wicket gotcha okay letter writer continues we wish to see each other uh, we, wished, we, wit, we used to see each other quite often and talk all the time. Now we are lucky to see each other on the weekends. We also haven't been communicating very much, and when we do, we often get frustrated with each other. It just feels as though we are no longer as compatible as before. We've talked about this, but it doesn't feel like it is getting any better. This has been a very rough year. I had my son full-time for quite a bit last year. Then about eight months ago, I finally confronted my stepdad for what he did to me after I learned that he used to beat his biological children and wife. Man, what a heavy year. He has been in my life this entire time. I never dealt with what he did before as it was only me that was hurt and that it was just standard. At the time, he was living with me. Now he has finally gone from life from my life for good, the stepdad. All of this is why we hardly see each other anymore. All of that is background to say now I have found myself basically cheating on my boyfriend. Uh-oh. 
I am talking with another guy, sharing sexual photos, and we kissed a couple of times. I think I have major feelings for this person. This person isn't like the normal flirtatious situation I'm used to. We have known each other off other for a very long time, but never saw each other and never flirted before. Recently, we were brought together over sports and spent a lot of time together. There was no flirting. We both had drama with past significant others and would talk to each other about it and support each other through it. We were just friends until we, were, until we weren't. I found myself constantly thinking about him, trying to be as physically close to him as possible, and never wanting the days to end when we were together. It literally hit me like a ton of bricks. In other situations where the flirting goes too far, all I have to do is acknowledge the elephant in the room and move on. I know it is a natural for, I know it is natural, man, terrible reading today, for humans to be attracted to one another, and that's okay, so long as you don't act on it. That didn't work with this one. Acknowledge, acknowledging it made it worse. Everything became more intense, leading to a couple kisses, constant texting, a sharing of sexual photos. We keep trying to stop, and then we don't. I feel like it will soon slow down, but I just, I just can't believe it got to this point, and I don't know what to do from here. I think about my boyfriend, and I get sick to my stomach. I did feel like our relationship might be diminished prior to this, but I don't want it to end because of this. It would kill him if he knew what was happening. I really don't think I was capable of being, quote unquote, that girl yet. Here I am. I don't know what to do. I'm currently working with Sierra to try to and overcome all my demons, and this just threw a wrench in even that. Sierra is my uh, energy worker, Sierra Podva, P-O-D-V-A, sierrapodva.com, if you want to get some more information on the energy work that she does. Uh, she can help in these types of situations, especially if you've got some blockages and, and, you, and you're trying to figure things out and maybe get, trying to get some stability in your own foundation. Uh, the letter writer goes on and says, I just don't know if I'm so screwed up in the head about what love really is or how to be uh, me, even if I'm worth being in a relationship with or I'll just keep being a whore. Sorry this is so long, and thank you for your time. P.S. I do want to thank Brandon for introducing me to Sierra. She is such a blessing to this world, and I'm grateful you shared her with us. Yeah, she can be very helpful in these situations, but it sounds like it sounds like you kind of already know the answer to your own question. It's just you're kind of prolonging the inevitable. And before I get to what I think is going on, I what do you think? I think you should go first because I have some similarities in here that could go on. So let's hear from you first. Okay. Honestly. Um, quite honestly, I don't know why you're still holding on to the to the the boyfriend that's long distance that you've been with for five years. It sounded like the relationship had started to fizzle out quite a while ago, and that's why you became emotionally available to this other person. And it sounds like whatever this new guy is bringing to the table is something that you value more than what you had with the previous, with the guy that you claim is your boyfriend. That's long distance. Now the, the reason why I asked about the whole marriage thing and the financial obligations is maybe that is one of those things that's making it hard for you to just cut the cord. Um, but you also may not be wanting to admit that you're seeing somebody else and that be the reason because you have some sort of guilt surrounding that, which is totally valid. But at the same time, you, you, you also need to look out for yourself and you kind of be, I think you need to be in a little bit of self-preservation mode, especially considering your history. 
now you, you, you claim to be a whore and that you love sex and that you attribute it to a lot of the sexual abuse that you endured as a kid, which could all be very, very true. Um, but I, I don't, I, I'm having a hard time understanding why it, you don't just cut the cord with the other guy. But that might just be that might just be a little insensitive because there might be so many things attached to this guy. Um, but I'm not sure what's going on. And the wife is shaking her head. That's not why. What is it? She's never had to break up with somebody before. Everybody else did it for her. She's not even sure if this is when you break up. Oh. I know this from experience. When you don't really? know when it's time to go because it's always been done for you. Maybe the decision being put on her shoulders is one she's unfamiliar with. That's what I would gather. And do you think that the long-distance boyfriend isn't necessarily willing to do that because, one, he's doesn't want he to. doesn't know what's going on. Has no idea. But he also is willing to put in, continue putting in the work even though it's long distance and even though the, the relationship is seemingly fizzling away because they're getting frustrated with each other, communication's gone way down. There's so much we could speculate on. Yeah. That, and we don't have enough from his side. And Which is unfortunate because there's a lot of detail here. There's a lot of detail on her side. Yeah. But you and I are two different people. Mm-hmm. You have one story and I have my story. Mm-hmm. And though we come together in it, he's got his own story. So... So does she open up to him and admit to to the long distance boyfriend that she has been emotionally cheating on him with this other? Oh this no, new guy? she's been cheating. Cheating is cheating. Okay. If I was sharing pictures like that with somebody that you were unaware of, that's cheating. Mm-hmm. If I was kissing somebody, that's cheating. Oh yeah, she was. She did say they were kissing. There's been a physical interaction. There's been intent to cheat. It's I. I'm up. I'm sorry. I know you know this. It's cheating. Yeah. Now, does she admit it to the boyfriend? Um, you know, this is going to sound messed up, but if if it's time to cut the cord on that relationship, maybe you just need to let him go and and save him that. If you don't have to hurt him that way, don't. If it's of no use to anybody. Don't do it. But doesn't she want to, wouldn't, wouldn't it be smart for her to be honest and give him a reason instead of just this yeah, not but working I don't, out anymore? The, the, you don't just cheat. Typically you don't just cheat. And what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing is somebody who needs more than what she's getting. Hmm. And like I said, I've been in situations like this before. So I think that she needs to... Sh- I don't think this would have happened had your boyfriend that you have now, if you two were together. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if she would have not opened herself up to the possibility of this new guy. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if this is just kind of her habit. Something died a long time ago that you were unaware of. Yeah. Something inside a hole opened up something where you may not have even realized that you needed it. Um, and he filled that hole, uh, and it became an attachment. Yeah. And it was, it may have been an accident, but it happens. Hmm. So I want to go back to the beginning of this letter personally. Okay. Because we, she talked about the sex 
the the molestation and the sex. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through some really fucked up things when I was a teenager as well, and I learned some things in therapy. Um, so I'll I'll say it. I don't usually talk about this. Uh, when I was fourteen, my first sexual experience, I was raped by two men. Um, ass raped, nonetheless. It was not a pleasant experience. And I blamed myself, um, like most of us do. Most of us, I guess we'll use the word victims. Um, And I learned that I became a far more sexual person. And I would go through periods of time where I didn't want to have sex with anybody and sex hurt with the boyfriend I had. And then I would go through periods where I was a sex fiend. And apparently, according to some of my therapists, it's about sexual control. It's about reliving the event in your, in, that you went through in order to have a different outcome. Mm. So it's like having a reoccurring dream and you continually go to – and then something changes and you make a change in the dream and then it's a different outcome. So you're kind of trying to create this control over the situation that you had no control over by recreating a similar situation. And I know that sounds very counterproductive, but um, it's how humans work. It's how we it's work. How our mind works. It, it does, and that we, so we know that. So let's let's take that information and put it to good use. Uh, your stepdad never should have been in your life, <laughs> and I know oh, that yeah. was also out of your control. You can't change that. Can't change that. Um, I understand how difficult it would be to. Um, approach somebody and especially as a teenager uh, nobody wants to believe you i had a situation where i was molested and all of my situations all of the sexual encounters that i had that were negative that were you know molestations or rapes uh yes that was plural um they all happened by different people in different situations and most of the time when i was younger people didn't believe me they didn't want to believe me um is it was so Outlanded. How could that have possibly happened? Um, so the fear of not being believed is very true. Uh, the fear of causing uh, trouble, the fear of being a troublemaker, being blamed, like that all comes with this territory. So it breaks my heart and it makes me want to punch a hole in the wall at the same time yeah. to hear all of that. It makes me want to punch a hole in those men that did things to you. I kind of wouldn't mind watching a castration of those <sighs> men. Um the fact that people were okay with it. I mean, how fucked up do they have to be? Obviously drugs were involved, but I don't think that's an excuse. I really don't. I just can't accept that. It unfortunately enabled the behavior. It did. It That's just it. It enabled the behavior that was probably already there. Yeah. That's the most disturbing part. Okay. So moving on from that, um, it does sound like, Maybe you're not sure when it is time to leave with this long-distance relationship. And I went through a long-distance relationship for a couple of years with my ex-husband. Most notably, I say ex-husband. When you spend that much time apart from somebody, especially – and five years. Five years. I've said it before. I said it on the last podcast. If you don't – if you're not embarrassed by something you did in the last five years, you're not growing as a person. That's a good point. So you both have grown and a lot has changed in five years. And if I'm, I'm curious about, has there ever been a plan to come together? 
And I, I, I gather that you have a kid and maybe he has a kid and maybe they that's do. what keeps you apart. Maybe there's the, there's a state apart from you and your, your, your baby daddy, you can't leave the state because of this, because of custody. Not only do they have kids, but they, both of their kids, I'm assuming from different relationships, mm-hmm are vested in this current relationship. So the kids are even involved, mm-hmm. which I can understand how that could be um that could be a situation that could hurt and you're worried about hurting more than just him and uh but you're clearly not getting something from this relationship. And it sounds like you're growing apart. I grew apart from my ex-husband in a matter of I believe it was 2 years. It went from we would talk every day on the phone. We were always connected with each other. He would come home on the weekends and there was a light at the end of our tunnel. And eventually it became more and more distant. Days would go by without phone calls. Um, you know, drinking began. I got bored. I when I was a stay at home wife. So I was really bored. Um, I didn't seek out people and I didn't do much outside of the home. So I didn't have a lot of, uh, let's say, potential opportunities opportunities. to cheat. Yeah. I didn't have a lot of them. I probably could have sought them out, but I didn't want to. Um, But I'd started to learn that we were not the same people anymore. And we, for a couple years were living apart and living different lives. And the small amount of time that we would come together wasn't enough to maintain a healthy relationship for us. That's not to say it's not possible to do, but is there a light at the end of the tunnel? Is there a plan to be together? Is there a marriage? Is there something? Why? I'm always curious why so many people enter into long distance relationships when the point of a relationship is to be together. Humans need physical contact, which brings me to my next point. I wonder if that's what's your, what you're missing so much. I have a bad day. I come home. I need a hug from my husband. Mm. I need a shoulder to cry on. I need yeah. somebody to cuddle with. That releases endorphins. The, you know, the sex releases endorphins that creates bonding between you two, keeps you going. Maybe that's why, you know, the, she is saying that the, the, the relate, long distance relationship is kind of falling apart. Yeah. And it's, it's just easy to default to, to whatever is close by. Yeah. Well, I mean, do you have life goals with each other? Are you going to buy a house with each other? What, not to be really cold, but what's the point of your relationship with this person? Mm. If it comes down to, well, it's because of the kids and the finances. How many times have we heard that's not worth it? Too many times. Too many. So I would say, um, reevaluate, uh, Obviously, you're reevaluating your relationship, but you need to reevaluate where you are in this long term relationship. What, long you, what, what you what you want, what you want, mm-hmm. what you wanted out of it, what you're getting out of it. If it's writing down a pros and cons list, do it and do it on different days. Do it when you're angry. Do it when you're not angry. Do it when you're feeling guilty. Do it when you're, you know, feeling good. And maybe you need to just take some time away mm-hmm. from relations in general. Maybe you just need to step back reevaluate who you are and what you want in life in general, which is a big bite to, to, to take, but it might be that necessary step. You are young. Didn't she say how old she I was? Don't, I don't believe so. Okay. I'm, I'm getting the letter confused from the last one. Yeah. Um, it, I, I, I I'm don't curious know. about this too. Like what, where are you in your, in your, your 
life journey are you in your early 20s late 20s mid 40s like where are we she mentioned she has kids so you've got so she's in her early 20s at least you know unless she got started really young um, but you know it's it's hard to say. We can we can only speculate I would on the speculate age. Speculate between the age of thirty and forty five. And the age doesn't matter. It doesn't. To be honest, it but, doesn't. But it does to a point because if you're in your early twenties and you're still discovering yourself, you could be in the early late thirties and still be in the same that's position. True. You could be. You, everybody comes into themselves differently. I just think that um, you know it's definitely a time for a reevaluation, and I think you do need to have a very um, serious conversation with your long distance boyfriend and say, you know. I'm just not happy because out of all of those words, I don't hear happy. Mm. I don't hear you say, you know, he makes me happy. Otherwise, you're it's just it's I just don't hear that you're happy. And it sounds like you're you're needing something that this other person is willing to give you. Now, be careful with that because there is such a thing as a rebound. You can find a rebound before you leave the other person. That's a scary thought. That is a scary thought. Two years is about the max. If you leave a relationship and you go into a rebound, two years is you'll you'll know for sure. <laughs> Whether or not it's legitimately uh, worth yeah. staying for. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I admire your honesty about being <laughs> being a whore. <laughs> I don't I don't think it's something you should be ashamed of either. Yeah. I think that you're a sexual person and uh, for a while there, I capitalized on that sexuality myself, um, and I found peace in certain ways with um, sort of learning the male population and how they treat women and how they think of women. And, you know, you got to find a diamond in the rough, like I found Brandon, and I got lucky. But I think also as we get a little bit older, we need a little more uh, we need a little more physical. We need a little more. We you really need to be together. Mm-hmm. I'm. I don't want to sound mean, but what's the point of being together if you're not together? Well, there are certain situations that will keep people apart in long distance relationships, and it's totally doable. But ultimately, but end point there has there to has be, to be an, an end, end game. game. And so there are also certain cases where certain people prefer to live in long distance relationship That's type true. scenarios, and they only see each other once a month or once every year. Um, some people are like that, but it doesn't sound like this letter writer is, and it sounds like the distance isn't helping in this case, um, especially since you are so open and able to have this side piece. I have a question. I, I really do hope you follow up with us because we do have questions. Yeah, and I, and um, I hope that what we've said so far is at least helpful. I'm curious <laughs> if the person that she is um, having this affair with Uh, be it emotional or physical or both, is he aware of the long-distance boyfriend? And if he is, he's not being very respectful of it either. Neither one of you are being respectful of that. And not to be mean, but it's true. And you have somewhere along the lines lost respect for your own relationship. And I think that that's that's something that you need to stop and say, okay, is it time to go? And it's okay if it is. It's okay to go. It's okay to say it's time for this to be over and not even have a good reason for it. Hmm. You know, I, it, I have ended, I've been through relationships where it ended and I didn't understand why or know why until way later when I realized we just weren't 
compatible. We just weren't going to be in it together. But are, are you willing, Glider Rider, if you do that, are you willing to deal with the blowback? Are you right. willing to deal with the whys and the hows mm-hmm. and what can I do to make this better? You, you, you basically have to stick by your guns, right? And say, this is this why is I it. say reevaluate why, it, you know, don't take the person that you've met out of it, remove them from the situation and, you know, put it on paper in a, in a way where if he comes back and says, but I don't understand what's going on. And you say, I don't really either, but I don't see us going anywhere with this. And I'm, you know, do you still love him? Are you in love with him? Were you ever in love with him? Mm. Were you in love with the idea of him? That's a question I like I, I like people to ask, especially when you're going through a tough time. Are you in love with him or her? Or are you in love with what they could be or the idea of them? Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, they're not, don't answer right away. Think about them. They're thinkers. So if you're not really sure what the point of the relationship is at this at, at this time, maybe you'll find your answers there. And I think to, to, to cover the last part of her letter, she says, I just don't know if I'm so screwed up in the head about what love really is or how to be, mm. if I'm even worth being in a relationship with, or if I'll just keep being a whore. Okay. I'm going to jump in here. Yeah. She is putting, she's placed her own um, value and worth on herself with sex because that's what she was taught. Um, that she was only, that's the only reason she's there, uh, I'm going to assume. Mm-hmm. And the only way you would get attention is through that. Um, I've been there, done that. It's not fun. Uh, eventually you'll learn that that isn't what your worth is and that's not how it's measured. And hopefully you will at least through therapy, through working with Sierra, um, through meeting people that you will figure out what love really is because mm-hmm. it is a journey it, it's it, you don't necessarily just come out of the gates meet somebody fall head over heels and realize that's what love is no life is trial and error and you're you're going through that trial and error right now of really figuring out what love really is to you and you are worth being in a relationship with and you can be a whore at the same time if you want but you can also embrace the the your sexuality at the same time, uh, while being valued in a relationship, not only by somebody else, but by yourself. And I think that if you learn how to reevaluate what love really is to you by asking yourself these questions and maybe talking to other people, professionals, uh, therapists, or mm-hmm. even with Sierra. I don't stop working with Sierra. Just don't stop working on it. Never stop. Don't working stop working on, on yourself and, you know, keep, keep your confidence up and, and, and and it's sad to say, but you, you, you know how harmful sex can be and you know how powerful it can be in your life. And it quite honestly may be driving you. So maybe you need to take a step back from sex it, it, itself. Maybe. 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 Um, hopefully you can, hopefully you've heard this and you've taken away some helpful tips from us. Um, and please write back. Follow up with us and let us know if uh, any of this has been helpful or if anything has developed in the time that uh, you wrote this letter. It was recently. So hopefully something has happened in the meantime that you can maybe follow up with us on and maybe we can help up, help out some more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you with this one. Um, ask yourself, how do you want to be loved and how do you want to love and what is your capability? When I entered into the relationship with Brandon, I entered in thinking, 
what can I do for him? How can I help him? How can I support him? Not what can I get from him? Very good words of advice. Thank you. Because you don't want to rely on somebody for your own happiness. Absolutely not. You are responsible for your own happiness. And there's nothing wrong. You not, not only you're, you're responsible for your own happiness, but you're also responsible for your own contentment. Because we can't be happy all the time. No, that's true. I think we need to start replacing the word happiness with contentment. I agree. Because being in a state of continual happiness is unhealthy for us. We lose the ability to appreciate the small things and the little things and never give up on the little things. Well, I appreciate you taking care of my little things. I appreciate you taking care of my little things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope this was uh, this was just as fun and entertaining for you as it was for me. I want to thank Mrs. Brandon for joining me again on this episode of the Rad Broadcast. If you have any questions, concerns, or comments about what we've covered today, or if you have any issues that you want to discuss, um, go ahead and email us at rad at radradio.com. Don't forget to join us on the Rad Broadcast group on Facebook. Just search in the search bar rad podcast click the join we will accept you immediately and join in on the fun and we will be back next week with another episode namaste bitches the rad Bye.